MindView has just become our latest addition as a partner with Coaching You. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with. Because on this assessment, that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your player's mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I think you're really going to enjoy Travis Steele, the head coach of Xavier, as our guest today. Uh, I love the path, and I keep getting questions uh, about this, especially this off season. I want to develop myself. I want to be a college coach. You want to find out about a path that someone has taken. He has given a blueprint to it as he has from a, as being, and we have a lot of young coaches and a lot of basketball managers on here that want to know, coach, what's my best way? What's my journey? What should it look like? Travis outlines that for you. So after we take a quick timeout, we're going to get come back with Travis Steele, the head basketball coach at Xavier University. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that into Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and playbank 
which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next Fast Model purchase. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and I'm so excited. Travis Steele, the head coach at Xavier University, uh, is our guest today. Travis, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. You know, this is uh, we're we're in amazing times, and I don't care if we talked back in March after you know your tournament got canceled, and you, you know, or if we talked uh, a month ago, or maybe a month from now, uh, we are in totally uncharted times, huh? Yeah, you know, I think I think obviously uh, nobody could see the pandemic coming. Uh, you know, COVID nineteen has shocked the whole world, mm-hmm. and and that includes us in the basketball world, right? And uh, you know, this times, I, and I, I've told our players this: we have to be nimble. We have to be uh, we got to be light on our feet. We got to make adjustments. Uh, we got to focus on the things that we can control, though. And you know, the thing that we'd really try to focus on, even when our players were away from campus, which they were for a really long time, mm-hmm. um, we have to all own our own development. And and uh, you know, so it's like I told our guys: I said, "Hey, Marcus Zagorowski from Creighton." We know he's working. We know Colin Gillespie's working at Villanova. You know, what are you doing every single day? We're all in the same boat. Who can come out of this with a competitive advantage? Um, but, you know, because it is unique, but it's it's really going to come a lot down to self-discipline and who's, who's going to be a self-starter and who's going to be motivated. So we have we have tons of coaches all over the world that are listening, and everyone in the world has been affected by, the, by COVID-19. Uh, so... Whether it's a high school, college, or professional coach, uh, what did you do with your guys once they left you and they went home? How did you try to keep the engagement going? Yeah, you know, like what we, what we would do is we'd watch film with them. Really? Um, yeah, I would, I would Zoom with them, watch film with them, and whether it was adding things to their game, some stuff from NBA guys, or whether it was some stuff from the past season that I noticed that, you know, maybe they could do better individually. Um we did we did insanity the insanity workout you know where you don't need any weights you don't need anything you just need a laptop or a or a iphone and you can do you can follow along so we did insanity as a whole team that's great staff included um now i don't know now brendan the only thing i don't know i don't know if coach jonas Hayes actually you know i, <laughs> he did every I, rep, I, I, I uh, would i would staff. say jonas opted out on that one <laughs> 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 we did stuff like that just to keep them engaged. We had former players talk to our guys Good. every week on Zoom, um, you know, and then just try to give them a plan of, you know, hey, you know, because obviously a lot of a lot of people didn't have resources, didn't have access to a gym, didn't have access to even a hoop, right? You know, mm-hmm. so you know, but could we get stronger during that time? Um, could we improve their basketball IQs through film? during that time and then work on your ball handling. You just need a basketball and, and a little bit of space to work on your handle. So mm-hmm. um, just, just continue to, to really harp on our guys on just improvement on daily improvement, owning that. The hardest thing, well, your, your players all know you, you have a relationship. How about the, the kids that you recruited? Obviously you have a great relationship with them, but they haven't been there. They haven't been on campus. 
how, how did we, uh, you know, try to keep that going during this really uncertain time? Yeah, you know, I think technology obviously helps, you know, whether it's sure. Zoom or whether it's FaceTime or, or, or obviously just being on the phone as well. Um, you know, you can still connect and still continue to develop that trust and that relationship. And one of my biggest fears, Brendan, was when our, we had our guys join us back here on campus. Um, I didn't want it, – it's, it's got a different feel than it normally has. Uh, we don't have 24-hour access in our gym right now like we normally do. Mm-hmm. We don't have that warm, fuzzy feel. It just kind of usually like we like to kick it off with a team meeting over at my house, have everybody over. Sure. Well, can't do that right now in COVID nineteen. You know, right. our players can't be on our in our offices during COVID nineteen per our protocols here at Savior. So, you know, you you try to find different ways to try to give them that family type atmosphere uh, because it's the first time these young men have been away from home. Sure. Right. And, and you worry about that. It's like, man, you want to continue uh, to develop, like you said, that relationship, that trust, uh, which has become more difficult during with COVID-19. But it also shows you there's other ways to do it, you know, what th- through the use of technology. You know, uh, fear has really crept in f- with, you know, you know, good basketball players, in, uh, you know, ones at, at your level. They're, you know, they're tough. They're physical, mentally, t- physically tough. But no matter how tough you are, and I see it even in NBA guys, for the first time that you really see, there's some fear in their eyes because of uncertainty. You know, they don't know until they know it's okay. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that goes through it. Uh, in Ohio, which has been a one of the smarter states, uh, in my observations, you know, with a good governor yep. leading the way, uh, are you guys on campus required, uh, the players, students in general, to wear masks and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We have to wear a mask. We have to obviously social distance. We have sanitation stations, you know, everywhere you can look, <laughs> um, you see sanitation stations and, uh, you know, and just trying to, like you said, we have very strict protocols, you know, who can be where, when, um, you know, there, we got to have a trainer on site. We got to have a coach on site at all times when, when people are in our facility, uh, if they're using our facility, um, got to wash down the basketballs, every, everything that you could yeah. possibly think that, of. That's great. You know, though. The details matter. Yeah. Because yeah, we want to make sure our players are safe and, and healthy first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, because we all want a season to happen for everyone. And so that that's really, that's yep. great. And that's smart that you guys are doing that. Talk to me about some of the Zoom calls you had, some of your former players. Tell me about some of those guys because you've had great players there over the years. Yeah, we, we've been we've been really really fortunate. I mean, and, and a lot of our former players they they, they all take such great pride mm-hmm. uh, in this place, and you know, and they all have they have such a great message, and I want our players to hear the passion uh, that they have for Xavier still, you know. 15, 20 years removed from being here. You know, they watch every game and, and, uh, and again, I want those, you know, we play for those that came before us. Right. And, and, uh, and because there's been so many good coaches and been so many good players that have come here and built Xavier up to where it's at. And I just want to make sure our players understand without those guys, we wouldn't be where we're at. You know, you look at Xavier, you know, we, we were in uh, what's now the horizon league, which was called the MCC back in the day. And then moved up to the A10, then moved up to the Big East, and it's been a uh, a gradual ascent uh, for Xavier over the years. And you know whether it's Byron Larkin, who, who's the all-time leading scorer here, he met with our guys. Uh, 
you know, his, his message was again, owning your own development, you know, working hard, finding ways to get better, even during this time. And like you said, focus on things you can control, which is your attitude and your effort. And mm-hmm. You can't control a lot of other things in life. Um, but you can't control those things. And, and, uh, you know, whether it was Reggie, uh, Reggie Butler spoke to our guys, we've had several guys come through, come through and just, it's been great. You know, again, it's just good for our younger guys to see the camaraderie that our Xavier basketball family has uh, and just how much passion they have for this. Talk, talk about the, you know, you have one of the great on-campus facilities in the country in the Cintas Center. Talk about what an advantage that is to have a place like that on campus. And obviously you play great in the building. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like you got this small quake campus and then all of a sudden you got the, the Cintas <laughs> Center is kind of the crown jewel, this huge buildings in the center of it. And, um, it's awesome in the fact that, like, obviously the facility itself is incredible. It's beautiful. It's built in 99, but it looks brand new. And our administration does a great job of keeping up, adding new things onto it or doing new things in the arena. Um, but the, 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 when it looks at its best is on game day. Right. You know, when, cause there, there's a rear end in every single seat <laughs> in our arena. We sell out every game. Um, you know, we do not have football here, you know, so this place lives, breathes, sleeps basketball. And, you know, we have about a little bit over 4,500 student population here. And, you know, our student section seats about 1,500 and it's sold out oh, every game. Yeah. Every game. It's first come, first serve. They all sprint into the arena 90 minutes before. So it makes it, to me, the hardest place to play mm-hmm. in the Big East. I mean, this place is, uh, they're passionate, they're loud, uh, and it gives us a huge advantage playing here at home. Oh, you're not kidding. You know, you went to Butler, which is, you know, first of all, it's a great academic school. Um, you know, and the tradition in basketball from Barry Collier on, the coaches, you know, it's it's almost literally a Hall of Fame group of guys that have coached there and stuff. Talk about what that education provided you. Oh, it was great. You know, I, I, for me, I wanted, you know, I'm from a small town in Indiana, Danville, Indiana. And you know, I wanted to go to a, a to a college, a university uh, that had more of a personal feel to it. Um, or maybe I wasn't a number. I was a name. I, I'm a person. And, you know, and I thought I got a very uh, individualized, personalized education there. And it really set myself up, you know, because I, I always knew I wanted to coach, you know, since I've been really, really young. Um, and I was lucky that I was, when I was there, I mean, I lucky to be around some tremendous coaches, um, you know, whether it was Thad Mata, you know, Brad Stevens, uh, Todd Licklider, you know, my brother, John Gross, um, you know, we, we, we had some incredible coaches and, and, and quite honestly, those are the guys that are responsible for kind of bringing me in to the business. And without those guys, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. They are amazing coaches. Each and every one of those guys are just, and first of all, they're great people. And, and then secondly, they're great coaches, you know, uh, you know, and I can remember when Brad first started out and coaching and he would come down to Florida and he'd come to Larry Shiat's clinic that he would have down there. And, and Brad was just fascinated and he'd ask Kevin Eastman and I questions about the NBA and, and stuff. And it'd be like him and Billy Donovan sitting there like, little puppy dogs, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're just soaking it in. 
and and now to see uh, both of those guys uh, destroying any myth of that a college coach can't coach in the NBA. Uh, I, I love it, and uh, and they're just and they're, and they're, you know what's great, Travis, because your your personality, I think, and your temperament on the sideline is similar to both of those guys. You know, when you coach the best players in the world, it's not about yelling and screaming at them. It's about yep. coaching them. And both of those guys, when you watch them on the sideline, you know, they're just amazing. They're just, you know, they're always under control. They're always poised, you know. And uh, and it's so much it's so much fun to watch and and I always look for college coaches that could coach in the NBA and one of the first things I look at is their teaching ability but after that I look at their temperament because yep. you can't yell and scream at an NBA player Mm-mm. no it'd be that same as if you know the person that's leading the symphony orchestra in Cincinnati and he makes a mistake on you know one of his musical you know notes and you know you start yelling and screaming <laughs> at the guy, the guy throw the thing down and walk off stage you know but uh, it's so much fun to watch those guys but one thing that really fascinated me is that while you're actually at Butler and you said you knew you wanted to coach which ironically I knew when I w- went to college I knew I wanted to be a coach because my high school coach was UB Brown and I, I said, I want to. Pretty good high school. Yeah, coach right yeah. There. <laughs> bad player, but good coach. And, <laughs> and, and I and I and and I, I knew I wanted to, so I would do it in the off season. After you know my season playing, I would I would go and work at back back then, at basketball camps. Right, I would work. I was one yep. of the original five star campers, et cetera. You know, where Pete Gillen and another Xavier guy and everything. You know, yep. and those guys would be, and I would learn how to coach there. But you went and learned by coaching literally uh, as an assistant, you know, at Ben Davis, right? You know, yeah. where my, one of my favorite players of all time, Randy Whitman, went, you know, yeah. to school, you know. But, uh, you know, I think that is – and then you coached an AAU team, one of the best in Indiana, but also uh, when you were there. Talk about how that helped your development. Yeah, you know, I just felt like I needed to get experience, right? I needed to coach, Um and, and, you know, there's so many different paths, right. Uh, and, and to get to, to coach college basketball. And I knew I didn't have a huge name as a player or anything like that. So I kind of had to carve out my own niche and, you know, I was very fortunate, you know, Steve Woody, who was the head coach at Ben Davis high school at the time, uh, allowed me to, to help him down you know, to, to coach there. And, and, uh, Steve, uh, for anybody that's from Indiana, I'm sure they know he, he is a legendary coach there. I mean, he has won multiple state titles. Uh, he, he, he was, he's, he's, a, he's, he's as big as it gets in Indiana. And, you know, and again, I learned so much from him. And one of the bi- biggest lessons I learned, even at an early age, was, you know, players do not care how old you are, um, and whether you're old, whether you're young as a coach. They just want to know, can you make me better? Right. And are you willing to put in the work? And if you're organized and you have a plan, you will automatically get their respect. And uh, and I noticed that kind of something you kind of learn. You have to learn right away. Right. Sure. Kind of guy got thrown into the fire. And Steve Woody gave me that opportunity. and So grateful. And then I coached AAU as well, um, you know, because I, you know, I wanted to coach some some really, really good talent. Mm-hmm. And the Spies, uh Jim Rats, who's now in the heat. Um, gave me an opportunity when I was really young and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, to coach and have some, have an ability to coach, you know, some, some really, really talented young men at the time. And, and, 
allowed me to kind of do some trial and error. <laughs> a lot of probably more errors than anything, uh, Brendan, but like <laughs> it was good to, to be able to learn, right? You learn from failure, you learn from mistakes. Um, and, and, uh, it was really powerful and I thought it really helped me, um, become more ready. Uh, you know, because even when I became a head coach here at Xavier, you always feel like, Hey, I'm ready. You always try to prepare yourself for that moment, but until you've done it, um, you're going to, there's going to, you're going to make some mistakes along the way and you just got to learn from it. Right. You don't want to make the same mistakes over and over and over again. And, uh, like I said, I mean, I thought, I thought it really kind of put me on a fast track and gave me a head start, um, as far as the coaching career went. You know, I talk to young, young coaches all the time and this spring, I think I, was in the top five in the country in zoom calls right because they were all free you know and if it's free yep. they want me you know and so <laughs> you know and so i'm doing all these and you get the young coach on and it's even a young high school coach and he said coach i want to be a college coach i want to be this i want to coach in the nba and uh you know how do i do it you know and then you tell them the process of how they got to do it what you just described Okay, well, give me the faster version, you know, give me the, you know, give me the, give me the way to get there quicker, you know, and, and when I had Brad come and speak uh, out in Vegas at a, at a thing we do with the NBA Players uh, Association uh, two years ago, Brad, Brad got and talked to up to 25 former players that wanted to now move into the front office and, and Brad said to them, guys, I'm going to tell you this, you can't st skip steps. And I think that's one of the really key things that you have to learn and know that you can't skip steps if you're going to be good at this and stuff. But how do you, what advice do you give the, the, well, the young college assistant or the high school coach that wants to be, or anyone trying to get into the college game? What advice do you give those guys or, yeah, gals, on, or on, gals? Yeah. Yeah. I think number one, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Um, you better not be in it for the money. <laughs> Amen. Uh, probably not. Probably not going to make any money, especially early on. Yep. Um, and uh, like, shoot, I even had to. When I was a GA at Ohio State, I lived in the locker room. I slept on a couch <laughs> for a full year, uh, and I would just kind of. I, I, I would change my positions based on where the custodians were that night because I knew exactly where they'd be. Um, you know, so but sacrifice. I think you. It's going to take time. You got to be patient. I think what Brad said, not skipping steps is really important. Um, and, and I think patience and understand you gotta, you gotta prepare yourself every day for that moment. And because when the opportunity does come knocking, you better be ready to take advantage of it. If you don't, if you're not ready to take advantage of it, then you won't get another opportunity. And, you know, so like you got to prepare your whole life. It's like you prepare, you know, hours and hours and hours and days and years and years and years for this one moment. You don't know when it's going to happen or if it's ever going to happen. Right. Right. And, and then, but when you get that one moment, you better be ready to pounce on it. Um, and I, I just think doing a great job where you're at would be my other mm. biggest um, piece of advice. You know, I, I never forget Thad. Thad Mata told me this when I first got, he said, man, just do a great job where you're at. The rest of it will take care of itself. Great. And, uh, great and, I, and that was a great piece. That was great for me to hear because I think so many times, uh, young men and young women are always thinking about what's next, what's next. How do I get, you know, it's like, do a great job where you're at, wherever you're at. I was a Juco assistant. I coached AAU. I coached high school. 
I don't have a huge, I didn't never had a big name. I wasn't like this big name basketball player. There's, if you do a great job of where you're at, people will notice eventually. It may take longer, but it's the right path to do because guys that are always worried about the next step, those guys usually don't last. So true. Talk about, okay, you talked about your high school situation and working for a great coach. You know, talk about the college people that you've served in any capacity. And when, and I want there really our listeners to appreciate the caliber, the talent of these individuals. And, and, and like you mentioned, John Gross before, you know, incredible coach and, and a hell of a head coach as well as, you know, and, and it was a great, great assistant coach, but talk about everyone that you work for and, you know, whether they were an assistant with you or a head coach, and, and and this is about, you know, I hate to use the word paying dues, but this is about serving an apprenticeship and the process, yep. so to speak. I think it's really fascinating because you've had great people yeah. you've learned from. You know, you know, the first thing I did, Brennan, when I got this job here at Xavier was I, I called each one of my mentors and I said, <laughs> thank you. Wow. Because without those guys, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I'm at. That's fabulous. I mean, I wouldn't even be anywhere close. And. You know, uh, you know, I was fortunate Thad Mata gave me an opportunity at Ohio State, you know, to learn. I mean, Thad, people that know about Thad, I mean, he is as good of a human being <laughs> as I know. I, mean, I, I would aspire. I hope to be like him one day. Um, he's just so positive and has such a good outla- outlook on life. And, and, uh, and he was phenomenal. You know, Kelvin Sampson uh, gave me an opportunity in Indiana. Kelvin is an incredible coach, an yes. incredible human being. Uh, he taught me how to work. (laughs) I mean, he did, man. Like, you know, at the time, (laughs) at the time during it, Brent, I didn't know if I appreciated it. Uh, but he taught me how to work of what it takes to be great. And, and that will always stick with me. You know, he's the guy that's always pushing people. He coached his staff harder than he coached his players. And, and he did that because he cared, you know, and, and he wanted you to be really successful professionally. And, and man, I, again, I owe him so indebted to him showing me that, you know, whether Sean Miller, uh, who brought me here to Xavier, you know, I've been, you know, Sean, you know, showed me what it looks like to, to be like almost like a CEO, you know, of an, you know, of a company mm-hmm. you know, that that's the way that he runs his program. Uh, and I had never really seen it that way. You know, you think about basketball because you're a coach. Well, it's so much more than that, right? It's so much more than that. You know, whether it's, you know, Chris Mack just showed me the level of organization that you got to have. You know, Chris was phenomenal. I was able to work with him for one year under Sean. And then I think it was about nine or ten years, nine years probably while he was here at Xavier as the head coach. And just learned so much. I mean, he was a phenomenal coach, phenomenal person. Uh, My brother's been very instrumental in my career and in my life. I, You know, he's... He's my rock, man. We talk every single day, John and I do. And, 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 uh, you know, like I said, man, without all those guys, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Um, but I want to do that for the next generation. I, you know, like it, you, you kind of pay it forward, right? Yes. And, uh, you want to help, uh, coaches. Like I'm trying to help our assistant coaches. I want them to be future head coaches. And we got three tremendous assistant coaches here right now, um, that I want to help them get to where they want to go. Cause that's what all those guys did for me. I wanted to be a head coach at some point, and and they all helped develop me to the point where I had have a great opportunity here at Xavier. You know, I did a podcast with Chris Mack. Now, 
COVID time is fleeting me. Uh, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say a year and a year, year and a half ago, and after right after you know after you got to Louisville and stuff, and we we were talking during the thing, and he raved about you, raved about you, you know. And usually you don't have guys rave about people that they're not working with any longer. They're talking about their new staff and stuff, but he just couldn't stop talking about you and how successful, you know, you were going to be and stuff. And I I, I just thought you know man i wish someone would talk about me that way sometimes you know that that's phenomenal and that just shows what he what he thinks and believed in you you know and yeah, uh well, you know but and that's, that's really i was cool. blessed that he allowed me to do a lot while i was here and like to you know to develop me he allowed me to coach he allowed me to do a lot and i'm just he, chris is number one he, he's a obviously a tremendous tremendous coach but he's a he's a better person right uh you know, and, and he just, man, he, uh, he develops the people around him, <laughs> you know, not just players, the staff. And, uh, because, you know, ultimately that, that's, you gotta, you gotta get as much as you can out of everybody on your staff. You need all, all cylinders turning at the same time, right? You know, you need them all running at a high level and he's able to always do that, man. And I, I give him a lot of credit for that. He, he knows how to manage people. Well, he has jumped into a very hard job, you know, and everyone says, well, Louisville, that's an easy job. No, that was a very hard job when he jumped in there. I Agree. And, and, and man, he hasn't missed a beat. I mean, they have really, I mean, they've been incredible uh, under amazing circumstances. And, uh, I agree. and boy, I just think, you know, he is one solid <laughs> coach that, uh, you know, I know he gets the credit. But, uh, you know, sometimes some guys don't get as much as they deserve. You know, he's in a super high-profile league with a league full of great coaches. And, boy, he has stood his own plus. And, yep. uh, and it's and, I, and that's great to see because, you know, some people, they'd say, well, he, they co he coaches well in a certain league. But if he ever moved up, well, I think you could move that guy, keep moving him up to the NBA. I think you'd see the same thing at every level. That's I how, agree. Yeah, I think that's how good <laughs> that guy is, boy. But uh, talk about this. You are coaching maybe in, you know, absolutely without a doubt for us basketball purists. Uh, it, maybe it's the best basketball league in the country as far as basketball only league by far. But you have such great, great schools that are in it, basketball schools. Talk about the Big East Conference. Yeah, I mean, it's when you think of basketball, I think of the Big East always have. Mm -hmm. and. You know, I know the league has changed over the last, you know, seven years, you know, when there, when some, some teams kind of broke off and went different directions. And we added, you know, the Big East added Butler, Creighton, us. Now we've added, re rejoined in back in UConn here for this upcoming league, which is really exciting. Um, but the schools, there's, there's a lot of similarities, right? You know, a lot of private schools, um, great education, mm -hmm. um, great education. Um, and, and a lot of, a lot of the schools are in big, vibrant cities, you know, whether it's Milwaukee, DC, New York, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Chicago. I mean, it is, it's an awesome league. And like you said, everywhere we go, Brennan, it's sold out. Isn't that amazing? You know, every one of these schools, they just surround everything around men's basketball and, uh, just the passion and the pageantry that maybe a, uh, an SEC would give football. That's what basketball is here. Yeah. And, uh, man, it, it's, uh, the coaching's incredible. Um, yes, some of the best coaches in the entire country. You got some of the best players in the entire country. And, man, it makes it for a fist fight every single night. Uh, every game's hard. Uh, but it is, it, it's been awesome for us. 
you know, when, cause I was here when we were in the A-10 initially my first five or six years. And then we made the jump to the big East and man, it has been, uh, it's been more than I expect. I mean, it's been tremendous. And, and the schools that they added, uh, the three that they added, not counting UConn, uh, I mean, talk about, uh, I wasn't sure how Butler would frankly do, you know, they had the biggest jump I felt, you know, as far as mm-hmm. conference wise, you know, but man, they've come in and done a great job and, and you and Creighton, Creighton, I mean, they, they lead the league in attendance, don't they? Yeah, Creighton. no, yeah, they got that huge arena. I don't know if there's much to do out in Omaha. There's probably not. Oh, they that's a recruiting, basketball. that's a recruiting <laughs> pitch. I love that. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell yeah, Coach Mack yeah, yeah, he, he, he does a great job. <laughs> um, you know, but they, we've all had success, and you know, I, I think it, it. It number one, you know, the Big East was very um, intentional with who they added mm-hmm. uh, to to the league, and you know, Creighton, um, Coach McDermott does a great job. Uh, they're well coached. Uh, they got a very good program. They got great support. It's a basketball school. Um, I mean, they've been, they've had a lot of success since joining the big East. Um, <laughs> and you look at a school like Butler, Butler's got the culture, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and that culture, you know, that started, you know, with Barry and, uh, you know, and, and it kind of went on to Thad and Todd Licklider, Brad Stevens and Holtman. And then now obviously with, with Laval, um, man, they've been able to keep that going the Butler way. And, Isn't that amazing? and they've had a lot of success due to that culture. And, you know, we've been fortunate here at Xavier to have some great players and some great coaches. You know, Chris Mack did a great job transitioning, going from Atlantic 10 to the Big East. And and uh, and hopefully we can continue that moving forward here at Xavier. Talk about uh, uh, Sean Miller as a coach, because, I mean, I've known him since he was a young kid, uh, literally young kid. And uh, he's always been just a, a tremendous coach. But you mentioned something about his CEO ability, and I think that's such, such an important part of being a head college coach now because, as my friend Tom Izzo says, 20% of a head coach's job is a freaking coach in basketball. The rest, 80% is other crap, and, and, and he's not happy about <laughs> it, as you know, Tom. And, and yep. assistant coaches is 10% basketball. And so as the CEO of that program, you and he and, you know, and, and, and that and, and Chris and every other coach, Jay Wright, you know, talk about what your day entails. Yeah. You know, I, I think number one, uh, and we, I always say, I always have an open door policy. I, if a player is in our hallway, yeah, I'll drop whatever I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to give them my undivided attention. Wow. You know, so it's about relationships still. That, that's, that's always going to be number one. And, but you know, you got to be very organized with your time, right? You know, we all get the same amount of time every single day. Um, it's how you, how you utilize that time. Uh, it really determines the success that you have. And, you know, so, you know, I do, I spend a lot of time with a lot of time with our players on the floor as well, watching film, just spending time talking. And it doesn't even always have to be about basketball. It could just, just, life right um but you know you, you you find yourself you know when you become a head coach and a ceo it's it's about managing people right right uh and it's and it's about managing your players but it's managing your staff and and making sure that you're giving them a very clear picture of what you want and how you want it done and then you have to trust them that they're going to do it that way. And then if they don't, you got to hold them accountable. And so, you know, I'll have 
I have meetings upon meetings upon meetings upon meetings. Different people could be, hey, I have my weekly meeting with our academic advisor. I have a weekly meeting with our strength coach, making sure that we're heading in the right direction with individual players. I have a weekly meeting with our trainer. Make sure, again, I know kind of what's going into this week. If a young man's having shin problems, well, then we need to adjust this, you know, and, and make an adjustment. Um, you, you have your weekly recruiting meetings. Um, you have, you, again, it's, you, you just got meetings on offense. You know, you're constantly in meetings and managing people. And the one thing that I'm very blessed with, I got an incredible staff, and that, that's helping me. And, uh, and I'm, I rely on those guys a lot. That's why I hired them, you know, because mm-hmm. they're really talented, right? They're, they're super talented. And, 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 but my job is to coach those guys, our staff, really hard. And, and the thing that I've learned, Brendan, probably, probably the biggest lesson I've learned since becoming head coach is you have to be very direct and very clear. And you got to hold people accountable every single day. Mm. Um, because a lot of times, it's a coach, your strength coach, your country players, you know, those guys players at all times and they have to hold your your accountable just like i would as they have to build that fire uh for the culture just like i do and because you know they got to hold those guys accountable because if they you know i always say the biggest form of acceptance is silence (laughs) right like when when somebody doesn't say anything well that means they accept it then you're accepting that well no we got to fight for our culture every single day and uh and that's staff driven and then hopefully it becomes player-driven, right? It becomes so passion from us that it goes to the players, to our older guys, that then they teach the younger guys how we do things here at Xavier. And that's when it becomes most powerful, right? Yes. You know, when, when it's a player-led team. Okay, give me your, uh, you know, give me your recruiting pitch now. If I come to Xavier, give me uh, not me for me personally, but you don't want my ass. No, but uh, it, 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 I'm a, I'm a really good player. I'm a really good guard. Uh, and uh, tell me, uh, and I'm from Detroit and tell me, tell me what, uh, what's your offensive style of play? Why I want to play at Xavier? That's you know everyone's got oh, every coach that I talk to has got the best player development system. Oh, we run pro offenses. We do this. We do that. You yep. know. Uh, but tell me, you know, because you, you know you've had so much success. What what do you guys? What, what what are you trying to sell young people on from a style of play standpoint? Yeah, from a style of play standpoint, I think you know it, we always say, Brennan, it's got to match your player development. Hmm. Right. Like they, they have to match. If they don't match, then you're wasting your time because the only way to really fully develop your skill set if you're, is if you're allowed to do that in the game. And the game is all about versatility. You know, so if we're going to work on all this ball handling with, with all of our wings and forwards and all those guys, but then I'm not going to allow our guys to handle the ball during the game. <laughs> well, then, then it makes no sense while we waste that we're wasting our time. And the way you look at the, you know, the NBA nowadays, I mean, you, it's all about versatility. Right. You know, it really is. It's about doing multiple things on the floor, defensively and offensively. And so we're going to develop our guys, as ver- make them as versatile as possible. And, you know, we have an offense that's going to be oh, with great space on the floor, with great pace. And we're going to have like even the more Greek freak. I mean, he looks like their point guard. He's yes. six foot 11 or whatever he is with a seven, nine wingspan. It looks like that he has, um, you know, we have guys, it's not the smallest guy on the floor is not going to be the guy that's always pushing the ball and always using all the ball screens. We want to develop players. We want to teach them how to play. 
I want to make them instinctual. I want to make you instinctual and play with a free mind, which I think is so important. Um, so we're going to teach our guys how to play. And so we're going to play fast. We're going to play in great flow and have great space. And the only thing that I ask our guys to do, Brendan, is I just ask them to do what the game tells you to do. And, and then it's, it's a fun way to play. It's yes. a fun way to play. If you're a really good player and you're talented, this would be the style that you want. How about defensively? What are, what are we going to do on that side of the court, Coach? Yeah. So I always say, you know, NBA teams, Brendan, you know this, play 95% of the time, play what? Man-to-man. Man or zone. Man-to-man. So we're going to be we're going to be a man-to-man defensive team. We want to develop as well to give our players the best opportunity to play at the next level and show that defensive versatility. So we're going to work on that every day. You know, the more you can, can guard it, the valuable you are. And, you know, so for us, we're going to be 95% man. And we'll play a little bit of zone here and there. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not too stubborn. I want to win. Uh, if a team can't shoot or can't pass, then we'll zone. Uh, if we're in foul trouble, we'll zone. You know, we'll throw it in as a little wrinkle, but 95% of the time we are going to be in the man. No, I think that that's so. Uh, when we're when we're recruiting, are we uh, we're recruiting Midwest? We're going East Coast or everywhere? What are, what's our what's what are we what we, are we having most we success? We recruit everywhere. I mean, yeah. like I, I you know we do. I think one of the challenges we have here at Xavier Brandon is if you draw you know what we call the breadbasket areas within a five hour radius of Cincinnati, right? right? Sure. And but you look at the schools that are within a five hour radius, whether it's <laughs> Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, Monsters. Michigan State. Wow. I mean, there's some incredible programs around here, and they've been the high major programs here for a long time. Yeah. And Xavier's kind of cl- been climbing that mountain, and so we're we're getting there. Um, but we also know, like, we can recruit our area really hard, but we're also going to need to hit the East Coast heavy. That's where the Big East Conference. Yeah. Strongest point. Um, the Jersey, Philly, New York uh, area, very, very hard. Um, we were transplant city, right? Nobody's really from Atlanta. <laughs> well, Coach A's on our staff is, but a lot of people aren't. Uh, they they move there. Yep. So they're willing to, to go further away from home. Um, so, you know, we, we've, we've kind of had some success there as well. No, that's, that's so important. And that's the interesting thing about recruiting nowadays is because – you know, you're a highly visible television league, you know, with a lot of eyeballs on it. Kids from, and that's how the Big East really, really got started way, way back. Syracuse, Georgetown is that, you know, they've got kids from LA and stuff because they saw them on TV all the time, you know? Yeah. And so that's. I mean, every that's, one of our games is nationally televised. How about that? Which is incredible. We, I, our league has the best TV deal. I mean, it's, Fox has really done a great job with the Big East and has really taken care of, t- taken care of us really well. No, that's that's fantastic. Well, I I pray that your kids and and everyone, every student at Xavier is able to you know get back, stay healthy this year, because uh, it's going to be so much fun to watch Big East basketball, but mainly uh, Xavier. And I just I really appreciate you taking the time to to share with our listeners around the world and eighty plus countries listen every week uh, to our podcast and and so many coaches at the high school, college, and pro level listen, and it's just a thrill for them. And I'll tell you, Travis, uh, you know. You know, as Chris said, you know, I love the way you've come. You're, I love the career path you've chosen. And uh, and I think you're being rewarded because you're really knocking it out of the park. And I'm so thrilled you took the time to visit with us today. Yeah, no, Brennan, thank you. Honestly, and I, I'm sure all the listeners know this, but 
you grow the game and share the game as much as anybody out there. And, and I know this, I'm appreciative for all that you do uh, for the game of basketball and for all young coaches, older coaches. We're all still learning every day, <laughs> right? And le- learning never stops. And uh, we appreciate you. Well, I am honored and humbled. Thank you so much. Travis, thanks and best of luck this season, my friend. Thank you. Incredible. Uh, I, I've always have had a great feeling about Travis uh, in our years that we've spent together. Um, a couple of years ago, we did a clinic together at the Ohio State uh, High School Coaches Association. We have 1,400 coaches that come in that great state uh, to support basketball in, in Columbus. And he followed me on one of my segments and uh, I watched him teach player development. He one of the best coaches around, and that's why Chris Mack was so confident that he would take over at Xavier and knock it out of the park. So, again, Travis Steele, head coach at Xavier University, great basketball conference, the Big East. I know you enjoyed it as much as I did. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sarah.